Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So as we know, there's going to be testimony on the Hill today in the House of Representatives. It's the Commerce Committee, and this is about TikTok. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. TikTok, the app that your kids use, the app that you may use, people are making crazy money on TikTok, but it's owned by a company called ByteDance, and that company is with China. So is TikTok a threat to national security considering how many phones that it's on, how many users that it has, and the amount of information it can scrape on a daily basis? This is a conversation not about trying to put people out of business, but whether or not we can actually trust TikTok themselves. Jake Denton joins me right now, research associate in the Tech Policy Center at the Heritage Foundation, D-E-N-T-O-N. Actually, on the Hill, I was able to catch up with Jake before the hearings uh, began, and this, what we're hearing, and what we're going to be hearing from the CEO of TikTok, what is TikTok's position, and what will be the Commerce Committee's position? Yeah, so I actually just stepped out of the line. I could give you this call, but, uh, you know, it's a huge turnout. TikTok flew in all sorts of influencers, you know, users of the application to come and demonstrate in favor of TikTok. And so we at the Heritage Foundation assembled, you know, a countergroup. We're all wearing banned TikTok shirts and we're in the hearing room as well. Um, but, you know, really what this all boils down to is the American people and our lawmakers are well aware that this is a preeminent threat to our national security and the minds of our children. And, you know, frankly, TikTok has not done enough to answer the, the outstanding questions that we have on the control from the CCP, uh, the, the access that China has to our user data, and the types of content that they're pushing on us. And so the Commerce Committee today is basically giving them one last shot. They can answer these questions, or it seems like we're going to move forward with this ban, which is absolutely what needs to be done. Let's start with a, a, a baseline here. What is the question that the TikTok CEO uh, won't answer. Yeah, so, you know, all of this stems around their relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, right? ByteDance is a China-based company, and they prop up, you know, TikTok in the United States as a standalone entity, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Just because they have a headquarters in Los Angeles um, does not mean that they're answering to, you know, executives in L.A. They're actually still taking orders from Beijing. And I think we've seen this play out through various reports from Forbes and other outlets uh, that basically highlight internal conversations in Beijing, uh, talking about how they have access to American data. And so every time they get behind the uh, you know podium, give a press conference, they lie to us. They tell us that that isn't true. And so this is one chance for the TikTok CEO to be under oath and clarify this issue, give us you know some form of uh, certainty whether or not they actually are accessing user data. Um, if that answer is yes. Uh, you know, obviously it's a ban. And if the answer is no, we still have to assume basically that they're lying to us because they've been lying to us for the last two years. Talking to Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation Research Associate in the Tech Policy Center there on Capitol Hill for these TikTok hearings, assuming that they're lying to us is everything. And this, of course, is where politics comes into play because people on the political right truly understand the depths and depravity of communism. And on the political left, you have Congressman Jamal Bowman saying the problem is Republicans don't have any swag and that TikTok is no worse than Facebook or Twitter or or any others. Is Jamal Bowman right or wrong on that? 
Uh, well, you know, it couldn't be a, a more outrageous statement to give, uh, you know, as we approach this hearing date, probably the biggest spectacle of the year, potentially, and one of the biggest national security threats we're facing. And for him to just gather around with a bunch of teenagers that TikTok lobbyists have flown in from across the country and, you know, give that type of statement as, you know, his peers are trying to have like a, a legitimate conversation on the national security implications of this application. It's absolutely insane, uh, you know, to go up there and just say we don't have any swag. Uh, you know, these are elected officials who are trying to lead the country. Uh, they're not concerned about swag or, you know, a dancing application targeted towards children. Um, they're trying to, you know, protect us. And that's what this all comes down to. They're living on two different planets. He's more focused on being a celebrity. Uh, you know, our people are a little more focused on leading and protecting us. The... By the way, when he says swag, he, I think he means swagger. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Representative Jamal Bowman uh, means. The uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the CEO of TikTok, and, and, and I apologize. But one of the things that he has stated is, look, I've already said that we can make this very, very palatable uh, for anybody who has an issue with our ownership, and we can keep all of the data on servers based out of Oracle, U.S. company, U.S. servers, and that will solve the problem. Does it solve the problem? No, and we've known this for quite some time. They've spent millions and millions of dollars lobbying us, trying to get us to believe in this really cleverly crafted uh, press statement that they've cra- you know put out there um, that says uh, we'll have total security. China won't retain uh, access to the data, uh, but it just is you know to totally ignore the fundamental realities of China's, you know, presence here in the United States. Uh, with Huawei, they have, you know, supposedly a separate entity in the United States, but their agents are still sending things back. Just a couple of months ago, Merrick Garland hosted a press conference uh, indicting, you know, several Huawei agents for sending U.S. data back to China. And so to act as though there is no way for China to still harvest this data is comical. Um, it couldn't be further from the truth. And, you know, he can get up there and he can double down on this statement. But if that's their their path forward on this, they're, they've got to go for the ban. Now, this ban, we should never be so glib about it because the content creator, Jake, they've got a real argument. Hey, we didn't do anything wrong. I've got a, a user base of 840,000 people on here. I'm bringing in $32,000 a month or $3 million a year, whatever the case may be. We're talking about real numbers. And for small businesses, we're talking about a lifeline to their advertising. And here is a conversation about ending that. So is this about a, an outright ban on TikTok in the United States? Or is this about the concept of a forced sale and a true tearing apart, a tearing away from any connection to China? Well, the only solution here is an outright ban. A forced sale uh, basically continues to perpetuate the exact same security concerns that we currently have. And the reason that is, is this is not the playful application that it presents itself as. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a weapon. This isn't, you know, just because it has silly colors and people do funny dances doesn't mean this is a lighthearted application. The security implications are, you know, uh, just staggering. What they can actually accomplish with this app, you know, uh, that's supposedly just a, a social media platform uh, could legitimately destabilize us in a multitude of ways. And we can't allow for that to persist. We, you know, as a serious country have to take action when we're presented with this type of information. Um, and that's what, you know, it looks like our lawmakers are intending to do here. And so, you know, settling at a forced sale is a quasi-solution. We'll find ourselves two years down the road wishing we had taken yeah. the moment 
to actually go forward with the band. Jake, I'm going to ask you now to give how that works. When you discuss this as a threat that isn't solved with just a sale, what is that threat? And then why is the threat not equalized by a Facebook or a Twitter, et cetera? So first, first off, the propaganda effort that they're, they're launching here, it's all enabled by their algorithm. There's a unique type of uh, information that they have on each individual user, and they're able to cater messaging that uh, really can capture their, their free will and use it against them. They think they're in control, but they're really being pushed propaganda. That's a huge threat to our kids. Uh, they could grow up hating their country just because of this application feeding them content. And secondly, and you know, one of the ones that's most common here is the data concern. They're able to harvest all sorts of sensitive data that you maybe don't realize they're doing in the background. So your geolocation, your keystrokes. Um, if you use a password manager, uh, right, those depend all on clipboards. If you copy those passwords over, even if it's only running in the background, they have that data. You know, you could just uh, think you're logging into your bank account and be none the wiser. Um, and now it's logged to your TikTok profile. Those are all things that are happening. And, you know, our consumers are left incredibly vulnerable here and our national security is left vulnerable. But I make the argument, I'm making their argument, right? I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate here that shouldn't a sale to Elon Musk solve that problem? Doesn't it solve the problem of being fed content that is meant to destabilize a nation or being able to steal uh, passwords, which, my God, Facebook is listening to you. So uh, uh, how, is it, how is it really and truly different, and why can't it just be in American hands and be fine? So this is a, force, or this is a foreign adversary, right? And in the instance of a forced sale, um, the U.S. company that acquires this would be taking over all of the IP, all of the code, everything, and the value of this application is the algorithm. It gives, you know, such a curated type of content stream. Um, and what that does is it enables China to continue to manipulate the algorithm. Because no company would buy this thing and then scrap the algorithm. That's where the, all of the value for this purchase comes from. And so looking at the horizon here, what does it mean for a U.S. company to own the app? Well, it means that essentially all of the same data will be collected. It'll just be stored on a U.S. company server. The exact same algorithmic vulnerabilities that we're facing today will persist. And, you know, at the end of the day, if we're just depending on a U.S. company putting up sufficient shields um, to, you know, block this when they're incentivized to maintain every aspect that we're concerned about based off their uh, market dominance, we're going to find ourselves in a very tricky situation where one of these U.S. companies is propping up another uh, Chinese tool. Before I let you go, and I know that you're you're up against it, you got to get back into uh, all the hearings that have been going on today. When some U.S. company figures out that algorithm and makes their own with that algorithm, we should be opposed to that as well? So, you know, the, the real concern here with this type of algorithm is the power that it gives to the foreign adversary, in this case, China. Um, and it's, they're able to basically pump all sorts of content to our kids, and we have no oversight over them. Because they're a Chinese company, we can't really do anything as, uh, you know, uh, in the sense of a lawmaker's uh, capacity. So, you know, Facebook, if they were to do this type of thing, we could pull them into a hearing, we could subpoena all sorts of information. There's no public disclosures from TikTok. The only reason we even know how many users they have is because they've come out and said it. Uh, Facebook, right, because they're a publicly traded company, has to report all these different things, and we have a lot more power over them. Uh, but you're absolutely right. When, you know, the, when we finish this TikTok battle, we need to have a very serious conversation about the future of social media and what it's doing to our kids because this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we're headed down a very dark path with these apps.
Jake Denton from the Heritage Foundation, uh, heritage.org, research associate in the Tech Policy Center. I appreciate you taking the time. Now, there's going to be a lot in these hearings, but I wanted to make sure I was clear about something. Um, It's a fascinating argument to the, yeah, selling it to an American company isn't enough. I don't know if I agree. If the ties are indeed cut, I don't know if I'm bothered. Wait, I'm not bothered. If the ties are indeed cut, I'm not bothered. What he introduced was the idea of you can't cut the ties. And I will admit to you, that's the first time I'd ever heard that. That there is no way to untangle TikTok from China, that no matter how one would maneuver, the technology would be the same because that's what it is that a company would be buying, so therefore nothing changes. Oh, wow. I had not made that consideration because I have said before, on numerous occasions, at least it has to be sold. Otherwise, it can't be. I have, of course, said that it can't be, that it is a national security issue. It is what it is what it is. But I'm, what I, I, I will also say that as, as we're talking, I'm wondering to myself, what if I had a TikTok channel where I just talked about how bad China was? Would, would I be thrown off? If I had a TikTok channel that said, don't be on TikTok, If I had a TikTok channel that was about real China today and I did nothing but tell horror stories coming out of China, how quickly would I be gone? How quickly would I be flushed down the algorithm? Anything else? Like, could you do that? Could you be subversive in that way? Be very curious to to find that out. Because I've been told I need to be on TikTok and specifically for Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show. Oh, you know how many people say this to me all the time? You got to be on TikTok. Cigars and bourbon on TikTok? Oh, yeah, there, there are worlds out there, and there are people who will absolutely flock to that content. And I'm like, yeah, but China, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Y- yeah, whatever? What do you mean, yeah, whatever? How do you, yeah, whatever, communism? What the hell? The capitalist position is not, yeah, whatever, communism. Yeah, whatever, jailing Uyghur Muslims. Yeah, whatever, uh, uh, re-education camps. Yeah, whatever, forced rape. Yeah, whatever, screw the Hong Kongers. That is not a proper position, people. And I'm like, what? And boom, and my head explodes. I'm crazy town. You're crazy town. I said, when it sells, I'll, I'll get on TikTok. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. This is an interesting wrinkle. And I'm, I, I, not only had I not considered it, I'm amazed. I mean, this you heard it happen live, guys. Um, I'm amazed that I've never heard anybody else engage that part of the conversation. This is one of the reasons that I state that I don't know how much Congress really gets what it is we're dealing with here. So my, my plan is to find out how accurate th- this is. If you sell it and you utilize the same tech, you can't ever tether away or, or, or tear away China from it. You can't, you know, destroy the tether. It will always, China will always somehow be able to have access to the data. And I do believe it's dangerous. That's different uh, than, than the conversation of whether or not social media is dangerous to society as a whole. 
That's a different conversation because, well, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do believe that social media can be dangerous as a whole. A hundred percent. I'm glad we got a chance to talk today. I'm looking forward to catching up with Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation after all the hearings are done today. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. There is a poll for everything. There's a list for everything. Everybody all the time. This many respondents of this say this. and uh, uh, We have a list of, of this thing over here. It's ways to fill column inches. It's ways to fill websites. You can't actually take the lists as real or, or, or serious. You can't. You just you just absolutely can't. You'll, you'll go crazy. You'll lose your mind. Don't do it. Don't lose your mind. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This one is infuriating. There is something to be said for these lists that can do damage. And this list by WalletHub, which I must admit, I don't actually know what WalletHub does. Like if I go to the WalletHub website, is it they, they save you money? They, they'll find you the best credit card? That is that really their business? They'll find you the best loans? Oh, so they're they're a a portal to advertisers. Oh, okay, that's what they do. Uh, they have a list of the most fun and the least fun states, and according to that, Indiana is amongst the least fun states in the U.S. Why 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 aren't we fun? You mean we're not New York? True, we don't have Broadway. I agree with you. We don't have the Great White Way. Um, We also don't have people who just urinate on the streets and then attack Asians in subways. You know, so so there's that, right? So let's say those balance things. All right, we don't have the level of Italian restaurants that they have in New York, that's absolutely true, but we do have uh, Fort Wayne famous Coney's, and that should account for something. We do have Working Man's Friend. We do have Little Zagreb's, right? That should matter. That should matter huge. That's down in Bloomington, people, where we're heard on WGCL. What's up, Bloomington? Uh, so, so, So we've got that. All right, we don't have beaches like they have in California. Correct. We're never going to have beaches like they have in California. You know what else we don't have? Homelessness like they have in California or human feces on the ground like they have in California. I don't know. I'll call it push. Now, you know I lived in Southern California for about six years, and I will tell you it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and I loved every second of it. I wouldn't go back to California now if you paid me. But fun, I think the important part here is the recognition that fun matters. Fun matters. And these kinds of stories keep people from moving to Indiana because they're like, oh, Indiana can't do anything there. It's no fun. You actually have to fight against this if you're the state of Indiana. You actually have to push against this if you're the state of Indiana. You actually have to show what a good time can be had here because, yes, a good time is indeed had here. These lists are filled, are, are created just to fill space. We know this, but they can also be detrimental. You got to counter it. You got. I think you got to fight it. That'd be that would be me. Who knows what the state of Indiana will do? Those people don't know how to have any fun. Will an indictment come? That's up next. This is Tony Katz today. 
So does Trump actually want to be indicted? I mean, does he want the whole spectacle of the thing? You, you could start with the, oh, come on, you're not serious. But once you start thinking about it, once you start breaking it down, you're like, maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he does want the spectacle of the thing. And then you're like, oh, this is just nothing but a bunch of ridiculous rumors that he wants the perp walk. Maybe. Or Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That's the number. Red State has the story. Trump wants to create spectacle, appear in handcuffs if he's arrested. This according to multiple sources. That's right. Multiple sources. Glad we understand each other. If Trump is finally arrested, arraigned, and mugshotted, he wants to turn the whole thing into an epic Trumpian melodrama. That is how the author describes it here in the article. Telling several close advisors about his plan is reported by The Guardian, New York Post, and other outlets. Why would he want it? Well, why wouldn't he? If the argument is that the left is trying to destroy him, then his job is to rally the troops to his side to get him opportunity, whether that's more voters or whether that's donations, whatever the case may be. Now, take out of it the idea of Trump and put into it the idea of how would you fight back if you felt you were being abused and others thought you were being abused? Would you shy away from it or would you lean into it? I joked when talking about the mugshot about um, Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas. He was the energy secretary uh, under Trump. And he uh, got uh, some uh, DA, whatever they were in Texas, accused him of something. And he had to, to be booked. And he, there was a mugshot. It's a mugshot of him smiling. Have you ever seen it? The Rick uh, Perry mugshot is unbelievable smiling and it's it's just such a world-class great terrific photo because he's like yeah what what are you gonna do to me you lean in so really if we're talking about this as a matter of strategy there's nothing wrong with leaning in there's nothing wrong with saying oh yeah you're gonna do this to me uh you know what i'm gonna use this to my advantage And so he should. Why shouldn't you utilize this to your advantage? Why shouldn't you utilize this in a way that helps you, well, with your base? Gets them excited about you. Look at what they're doing to our guy. Let's make sure we do even more to talk about him. Share his message. Vote for him. Uh, donate. Whatever the, whatever the case may be. Why not? Maybe you actually swing a couple people to your side. Holy cow, look at Trump doing it like a boss. He's like, you people are going to screw with me? I screw with you right back. I like that. People do like that, by the way. People do like it, and they like it a lot. They, what people respect, and and, and I run into this often, 
because my 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 style is to engage. All right, I hear what you're saying. Now listen to me, and then I and I go from there. Here's why I don't think that works. Here, I am not the you're a moron, and then rip it apart, and then red red meat it. I've done a lot of red meat in my life. I can do red meat. I'm saying that I have found this to be <laughs> better for me, and I think it makes better radio. But some people see that as absolute weakness. If you engage that way, you're just weak. You're chicken crap. I don't know if I believe that. I should say I don't believe that when I'm talking about talk radio. But when people are up against you, man, people like those who stand up. I'm not changing my point of view. I'm not changing my mind. You have done nothing to make me change my mind. You think you can abuse me? Come at me. Let the world see the abuse. People like that. They like it a lot. They like it a whole stinking bunch. And they respect it. You gotta stand up. And so that's what Trump's doing. And Trump is just saying, hey, if if we're gonna lean in, let's lean in all the way. Let them perp walk me. That's going to be my badge of honor. Look what they did to me. Look how they tried to embarrass me. Look how they tried to shame me. But I stood tall, as I always will, for you. And then it just goes and grows from there. So does he want the spectacle? Maybe. Now, there was a lot of buzz yesterday about the fact that the grand jury wasn't going to be convened will it be convened today we don't even know and and what's going on there there are members of alvin bragg's office he's the district attorney in new york who are very very opposed very opposed to the idea of uh going after him because they don't think this is a winner They think this is an absolute loser of a case because it is clear that you have to so stretch, so switch, so maneuver to try and make this thing stick that you're going to look the fool and there's no judge who's going to be down with you. They're going to say, what in the world are you doing? These DAs, assistant DAs, are saying, hey, look, 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 look. We don't like Trump. We're not fans. None of us are fans. But what you're doing is nuts. We're actual lawyers who believe in applying the law. You're not doing that. So there's this massive back and forth going on because they recognize how bad this is and how it impugns their character and they actually have to go get jobs in other places. In the end... Uh, law firms that are going to hire them, let's say in the private sector, or even those in, in you know dealing in prosecutors' offices, etc., they're still going to want to win. They're going to need to make sure that you're somebody they're hiring that you know is going to reflect well on them. And they all can't get jobs with George Gascon in Los Angeles, so or Ryan Mears in Marion County. Ah, that's right, I threw it in there. They got to worry. And they have to worry about what this does to the office, what it does to them. And they're right. Now, part of this was part of the story. The other part of the story is that there is supposed to be a, uh, a witness that's going to be able to push against uh, the testimony of the Trump lawyer who said everything that Michael Cohen said wasn't true. 
was it Costello? I, for, I forget. I forget his name right now. So right, uh, they had one of Trump's lawyers, um, Robert Costello. That's his name. Say, oh yeah, I heard what Michael Cohen had to say about this payment to Stormy Daniel. Ah, that's not the way it happened. This happened. That happened. The other happened. And they don't want that to be the last thing the grand jury hears. So supposedly they have a witness who will be able to debunk what it is that Robert Costello said. Now, some people have been sharing with me a commentary from a few years back from Stormy Daniels uh, regarding her saying that no affair ever took place between her and Donald Trump. Um, you you can share it with me and I'll, and I'll say, okay, uh, if you ask me what I think, I think uh, they totally did it. And I think there was a payment. If you ask me, that's what I think. I'll say it anywhere. I'll say it under oath. Based on the information, that's what I think happened. I don't actually care that she said she didn't do it. I think they did it. And I think that money was given to her. I think the bigger conversation here is, do I care? And the answer is, of course not. Can I tell you that there has been, it was the New York Post. They keep reporting on Tom Brady's divorce from Giselle Bündchen and Giselle didn't divorce him because of the football thing and now he's throwing shade at his ex-wife. Dude, you guys have kids. What the hell are you doing? Why are you playing this out in front of the press? Why is Giselle doing interviews with podcasts? Shut up. Could you show some damn respect for your children? The two of you are the biggest bunch of losers I've ever seen in my life. Poor kids. Keep your personal stuff personal. Don't shade each other on social media. Don't run to a podcast to scream, woe is me. Take your millions, find somebody else, and be quiet. Like the rest of us. Like the rest of us. I am just, I can't tell you how sickened I am by the thing, and I'm more sickened by the idea that people care. The only thing crazier than Giselle and Tom Brady deciding to have a fight in the public view is people grabbing their popcorn saying, oh, this is awesome. It's not awesome, it's sick. If you care that Trump paid off a hooker, you're weird. Well, Tony, he used campaign funds. No, he didn't. Michael Cohen wrote the check. If he took it from the wrong account, it's because he's a putz. And what Trump is guilty of is hiring putzes. And he always does it. He hires the worst people. He's surrounded by the worst people. Oh, stop it with your Trump defense and this and that. His people stink on ice. They're the absolute, positive, worst, worst, worst people. And you know it. It stinks. That's what he's guilty of. But but a a, a, a hush money payment or whatever. But it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's as if we are not surrounded by grownups. Let me let me try to help people who need to understand how grownups work. Um. There are. A multitude of women who would have been very happy to sleep with Donald Trump in the day and would still be happy to sleep with Donald Trump right now. And after they did it, they would brag to their friends that they did it. You don't want to believe it? 
I don't actually care. I said I was talking as a grown-up to grown-ups. If you don't want to believe that, you're a ridiculous child. I shouldn't say you because it's not you who's a ridiculous child. They're a ridiculous child. Let me say something else non-controversial. Billionaires totally get with hookers or porn stars or this model or call girl or whatever you say of different and varying degrees of hotness to whatever it is they're into. And they get them because they have a lot of money. These are the facts as presented and anybody who says otherwise is a lying fool freak who doesn't understand the real world. And many a billionaire and many a millionaire and many a hundred thousandaire has paid somebody to stay quiet. Because, well, these people don't stay quiet. And you don't want your business all over the place. You just want to have the good time. There is a uh, adage about prostitution, and you could say that this is sexist, and I don't care if you think it's sexist. It just happens to be the adage. You're not paying for the sex. You're paying them to leave. Now, that is considered like the rudest thing in the world. It is also, for the people who engage in it, a fact. And I'm not interested in having some non-grown-up conversation. Donald Trump, in my view, just like many, many, many other people, regardless whether they're billionaires or millionaires or what have you, has paid somebody for sex and paid them to leave. That's what he paid for. And then paid them for their silence. This is not shocking. This is not news. This doesn't matter. And the people who keep throwing it in our damn faces and making us talk about it, those people are weird. It was never a story when Mike Lavinati, that lying scumbag blackmail artist, was talking about it on CNN every day. And Brian Stelter, that giant potato, was slobbering all over him. Oh, Oh, Michael Avenatti, you're so absolutely dreamy. Everything you're saying is completely true. You really know all. You're the best. Yes, 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 yes. It was weird, right? Of course it was weird. It was super duper 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 weird. It's weird now that we're still talking about it. It would be weird if Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, brought charges on it especially because the charge is saying that it was somehow a violation of campaign finance laws. It was somehow trying to influence an election because it should have been categorized in column A as a payment. It got categorized in column B. In the end, that's what we're talking about. It's a non-thing. That's why it would be a misdemeanor. Bragg is trying to make it a felony to say it's a violation of campaign finance laws. It's a violation of New York election laws. And his own DAs are saying... Stop being crazy. If I'm being asked, as I've stated, I don't think the charges will come. That said, man, it is hard to stop the cultist from doing cult-like things. And Bragg has got a lot of pressure on him from the cult to do this. So I'm putting the odds at 50-50. 50-50 about the possibility. About the possibility of there being... Uh, an indictment. We'll find out soon enough. I'm Tony Katz. So just a super great reminder that you cannot trust 
the Communist Chinese Party. And they will lie at every turn and at every stretch. This was the CEO of TikTok. And we were talking about the hearings today about TikTok in front of the House Commerce Committee and whether or not they're going to let TikTok continue to function. This was great. This was world class from the hearing today. Let me start by addressing a few misconceptions about ByteDance, of which we are a subsidiary. ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. That's a lie. Next, once you hear that, it's over. Of course it's controlled by the Chinese government. Of course, everything in China is controlled by the Chinese government. This is a lie. That's how he started, Mr. Xiaochu. That's how he started his argument. It's not actually controlled. Oh, it's not actually controlled by the Chinese government, which is to say the Chinese Communist Party. Good Lord. It's over at that moment. It's over. Oh, holy mackerel. Find everything, TonyCats.Locals.com. I am stunned by that. That's incredible. TonyCats.Locals.com. Tomorrow, everyone. You guys take care.